Okay. Okay. So it's recording. So Hari Volgarudev, um, is there anything you'd like to share, like how things are going? Everything's going well. Um, no uh, particular developments here that uh, come to mind. Still um, improving on my book and uh, and that's about it. Yeah, taking care of the cows. So, how was the air quality? It's uh, well, it was, it's been pretty bad the other day. Those who have been here know that we are surrounded by um, ridge tops, mountain tops, and we, we couldn't see any of them from because the smoke was so thick mm. better better today um, so that's improving a little bit but it has been a problem yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah I was trying to keep up with all the fires but it's really hard to figure yeah. out where they all are and if they're like close to Ataria um, yeah. there's so many um, so you want to go ahead and take their questions? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, Taras, I hope I got, I hope I said your name right. Yeah, almost. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Good morning, Maharaj. Uh, so I have a question which is a little bit related to last week's question on trust of, of Krishna. And um, I, I, I wrote it down not to get confused, so I, I will read it, okay? Um, so question is about approaching different forms of Krishna for different purposes. Um, I like to listen about Krishna in Vrindavan and I like to chant his names, but when I am in trouble somehow, I do not want to call him for the help. Somehow I have an idea that Krishna in Vrindavan just plays, and as you have mentioned in your lectures, that is why he is the most powerful. He kills demons and protects his friends, relatives, and so on, who are there with him. But I'm here, in, in this world, not there. That is why naturally when I am in trouble, I call for Narasimha. Because somehow I do not see how Krishna, while having fun in Vrindavan, would be bothered for my worldly problems. That is why I am approaching Krishna only uh, when I want to offer something nice. But when something is not that nice, I call for Narasimha. Uh, but what is more, after, after that, I feel that I'm somehow betraying Krishna, not approaching him at all the times. So the question would be, uh, so could you please uh, help and explain differences between purposes of these two different forms of Godhead? And what is more, may you advise if such thinking as mine is totally nonsense or not? Okay. The, uh, of course, the forms of uh, Narasimha, Avatar, and Swayam Bhagavan, Krishna are uh, related. Um, 
and by that I mean that uh, Dev appeared for the protection of Prahlad um, and was uh, described has been described as being seen for the first time by Lakshmi, um, but Prahlad was a devotee of Krishna, so it's very clear from the Bhagavatam. Uh, repeatedly, uh, it's pointed out that the Ishtadevata, or the personal deity of Prahlad, was Krishna. Um, of course, Krishna appears in, uh, in Mathura and in Dwarka, as well as Vrindavan, and in those um, metropolitan, the metropolitan in the celestial realms of Mathura and uh, Dwarka, respectively. Um, the bhakti that corresponds with him is, is um, mixed with or primarily Vaiti bhakti rather than Vag bhakti of Braj. So, uh, as Krishna is perfect in Dwarka, more perfect in Mathura, and most perfect in Vrindavan, so the Swayam Bhagavan, full feature of Krishna, who is the object of love of the Brajabhasis and the uh, ideal object of love of our, our Sampradaya uh, is uh, in Vrindavan. So, Prahlad um, I suppose people devotees tend to look at him as a as a Vaidhi Bhakta, although uh, in his Bhakti Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami has identified him with, with Ragmarg because of the nature of his attachment uh, to Krishna, which is described in the Bhagavatam like uh, like the pole star around which uh, other stars and planets and whatnot are thought to revolve it being fixed. Um, so his attraction to Krishna was natural, like an astrological pull and like an, an, an gravitational pull, if you will. Um, Prabhupada, in his prayer, describing um, the dependence of Krishna upon Radha's favor for his life to be successful, in, uh, in that period, he uses the word Dhruva also, Dhruvati. So it's fixed. So um, given that, uh, Jiva Goswami is described as, 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 as a rag bhakta. His deity was Krishna. And relative to the circumstances that he found himself in, Krishna appeared as not a singer to deal with um, all of the um, attempts, if you will, to um, defeat, defeat the system that were set up um, by uh, Haranyakasipu, his father, uh, through the blessings of Brahma that he had asked for, that I wouldn't be killed on the land, on the water, in the sea, the land, in the air, and so on and so forth. Um, so, there's a there's a striking uh, relationship between Narasimha and Krishna in this regard. And Narasimha is also the most prominent avatar 
uh, in Gorlila by far. Hmm. We find some very nice prayers of Bhaktivinoda to Narasimhadeva, but they are prayers to overcome obstacles in Bhakti uh, and um, as such to help one attain Rag Bhakti for Radha and Krishna. Hmm. Narasimhadeva, again, in Gorlila is the protector of the Sankirtan, his favorite instrument is the Nadanga, and so on and so forth. Um, in many, many ways, in many places he appeared in uh, Gorlila and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also um, voiced uh, through the pen of Krishna Skabaraj prayers to Nishimadev in, in, in the Jagannath temple <clears throat> where there's also a deity of him. Uh, Narahari Narasimha is also the deity in the household of Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Mangal is the sleepover uh, Pujari, and um, so he's central in that way uh, as well. Uh, My Guru Maharaj Prabhupada introduced the worship of Nishimadev with regard to protecting the devotees on Sankirtan who were being abused at the time by the public. Um, so uh, he has an important place in Gaudiya uh, Vaishnavism. That said, um, once a uh, Disciple of Dhrumaraj, Pujapadvaktivaksakshivarupasamimaraj, he asked Dhrumaraj if he could wear a Nishrina Kavacha around his arm with a mantra for Nishrina for protection, similar to your thinking, I suppose. But Pujapadvaktivaksakshivarupasamimaraj, he responded, with the idea that that Gaudiya Vaishnavas don't, rather than seeking to avoid adversity, invite adversity on the strength of Krishna being their deity, citing the example of, famous example, Bhagavad example of um, Kunti Devi. We pray that the calamities that she and her sons experienced would occur again and again because they fostered intense remembrance of Krishna by which all problems, the problems of birth and death being the real problems in, within which so many other problems occur is overcome. Um, so from that he brought it to the strength of the, of the holy name, it's not different from Krishna and um, discouraged that a student um, from wearing the bracelet, if you will, of the kabacha of Narasimha Day uh, on that particular um, occasion. And um, well, I think there's an important role for Narasimha Day. Myself, for example, I have prayed in Narasimha Day, um, but my prayer is a little different. Um, Jiva Goswami had a deity of Nishimadev also that is in um, 
uh, now situated in Rajasthan and Jaipur. And when I went to Jaipur, I made an effort to go there and have his darshan. And I prayed to him, this is my prayer to Nishimadev, that I might, by his blessing, understand Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a famous verse by the ancient and ancient commentator on Srimad Bhagavatam, so respected by Mahaprabhu, Sridhar Swami, um, whose seminal commentary is uh, repeatedly referred to by Sanatana Goswami in his um, rehab, uh, in his Vaishnava Toshini, and then Jiva Goswami's commentary also, both in the Sandarbhas, in his Bhagavatam commentary, Ram Sandarbha as well. Um, so uh, it's clear that um, Mahaprabhu greatly respected that that commentary, although we, Yuga Swami in the Sandarbhas has described the commentary of Sridhar Maharaj, Swami, as um, including a uh, bait for the Advaitins, who are in such a way as to say certain things would draw their attention and sound Advaitic, if you will, um, to then uh, expose them to a Vaishnava perspective that included, for example, the Sudha, Sudha Sattva, the uh, or the uh, Swarup Shakti, the internal energy of Bhagavan. As much as there is internal energy of Bhagavan, then there's Lila, then there's movement. Hmm? The lack of, of the expression of, of the uh, Swarup Shakti that Bhakti is constituted of makes Brahman, the Absolute, still. But the dancing form of Bhagavan is uh, is being driven um, um, by the fullest expression, if you will, of the Sri Shakti in the form of Srimati Radharani. Therefore, Krishna Skadaraj Goswami says uh, that um, I should say Krishna speaks through his pen about himself, and he says that Amishisha uh, Guru Nata in regard to Radha, that with regard to the Nata, drama, dance, uh, and the school of dance, I'm a student, Radharani's dancing is my my guru. So um, the point being again that Swapshak is animating um, Bhagavan, causing uh, the, he who, or that which is, I should, that which is everywhere, to move. Seems impossible, such as the power of the Surup Shakti. He, he, that which is omniscient, all-knowing, to, um, to wonder whether or not Radharani loves him, for example. This is our charming Krishna. And... The idea here is that under the uh, influence of, in the light of the Swarup Shakti, the, um, the Absolute uh, expresses himself in this way. So, uh, Sri Daswami was, this is a prominent feature of his Bhagavatam commentary, that he 
um, is drawing, from our perspective, the Advaitins into. He was at one time the leader of the Jagannath Puri model of Shankaracharya. He's listed there. So there Bhakti is factored into the Advaitin um, discipline more than it is in the other um, moths of Shankaracharya. And out of that school, it appears that a, a number of um, sannyasins became influenced further by bhakti, Sridharaswami being uh, a primary example. But at any rate, um, when his commentary, the Bhagavatam, came out, the Advaitins had questions about it. And so the, the commentary, but his position was, of course, uh, unquestionable. So but why is he writing like this? So, so they placed the, 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 the legend goes that they placed the um, commentary before um, Kashinath, Shiva, Dita Shiva, and Banaras, and this verse came out where it said that um, I may know the uh, uh, it's a little, there's two versions of the verse, so forgive me, but um, uh, Sugadev knows the meaning of the Bhagavatam. Mahadev Shiva knows the meaning of the Bhagavatam. Vyas may know the meaning, he may not. Sridhar Maharaj, Swami knows by the grace of Narasimhadev. So he, his Ishtadevata was Narasimhadev. So the verse says, by the grace of the Shrimad, he understands the Bhagavatam. And Mahabhu embraced his, his perspective of the Bhagavatam as I'm explaining. So I pray to Narasimha de- deity in Jaipur of Jiva Goswamis that I may understand the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So um, I think there's a place, as they say, for uh, prayers for invoking the grace of. Narasimhadev, it is said that um, Ganesh, Ganesha, Isha means Lord and Gana means here the general public. So he's the Lord of the people in general who want things. Uh, so every merchant, Hindu merchant, of course, got the face uh, or the murti of uh, Ganesh over his storefront. Um, but uh, Brahma Samhita describes that Ganesh is a uh, Son of Shiva and Parvati, but he's the he's a devotee of Narasimhadev. So he's who who is the remover, by contrast, the obstacles to bhakti, bhakti vidyuminasam. He destroys obstacles to bhakti. Ganesh destroys obstacles to material uh, progress. Um, so. Destroying obstacles to bhakti is one thing. Um, praying for protection for material circumstances, or I don't know exactly what your circumstances are that cause you to think as you do, and I don't ask you to necessarily um, reveal them. Um, but um, I think that it's it's most appropriate or there's a place, I should say, for 
praying to Navasrimbet to remove obstacles as he did for the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by putting the Kazi in, in, in his place, so to speak. Um, but um, I would uh, suggest that um, for all of one's uh, perceived necessities, obstacles, problems, whether they be material or spiritual. Material means they're, they're, they're karmic. Mm -hmm. um, um, or obstacles from opera odds and so forth, um, that one uh, takes shelter of Krishna. This is uh, uh, within Sharanagati, which is sixfold, the Swarup Laksham is described either as Gopritvevaranam Tata or Rakshikshatri Vishvashpur. These are they're similar but different. Gopritvevaranam Tata means I accept Krishna as my maintainer, um, which we see in the Govardhan Leela. So Sharanagati is, that's called for in the Bhagavad Gita at the end, Sarvadharma Pratyajamami comes Sharanam, he surrendered to me alone, give up all of the gods, the Varnashram and so forth. See this in the Govardhan Leela, right? There that teaching is played out, among other things. And uh, the worship of Indra is rejected. All the gods and they're depending only on Krishna and, and the Govardhan Hill, which he shows himself to be not, not different from. <clears throat> um, so there we find that the inhabitants of Braj are taking shelter of Krishna for their maintenance. We also see um, that they take shelter of Krishna for their uh, protection. Especially, we find that many leelas like this in, in Sakyarasa. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in his songs, uh, where he has, he, has, he has composed songs corresponding with the different angas of Sharanagati. And with regard to accepting Krishna as my protector only, he has a, a beautiful song in which he, he, which he um, remembers Krishna's killing of Adasura and this Asura and that Asura in Brajliva. Something that's, of course, as I say, very, his, his heroism, his heroics, um, his, his character or quality of heroism is, is a, an Odipana for Sakyabhav and it's a quality of his that is um, highlighted when Bhagavan is seen through the lens of Sakyabhav. So that's a nice poem, a uh, song by Bhaktivinoda but there he is um, invoking or remembering such pastimes in a petition to, um, in, an, in, a, in, a, in an effort, I should say, to embrace this anga of uh, Sharanagati to accept Krishna as my protector alone. So I would I wouldn't uh, think that you would be burdening him to think like that. You think that I am not uh, my ideal is to follow in the footsteps of those to whom you show such hero heroism hmm? and for whom such heroism is uh, an adipana for their for their their praying. Mm -hmm. 
and um, let me follow in their footsteps and let that um, protective nature of yours expressed so fully for them, so beautifully, so charmingly, uh, be extended to myself who uh, sees their love uh, as my ideal. I mean, that's, I put it in a Sakura's kind of framework, but one could uh, pray similarly from the Madhuri-Ras perspective. So um, it reminds me, I'll conclude with this, your, your question, uh, of a question that is posed by Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur in his Raghavata Chandrika, where he says that um, Krishna is absorbed in the love of the Brajbasis, and as such, in that situation, his omniscience is seems to disappear or recede to the background or something. He's acting as if he doesn't know, and he, he doesn't know the answer. Does Radha love me? He needs assurances from Subal and others. Uh, and given that, how shall the sadhakas who are pursuing that ideal, um, who shall they pray to? Because how is he going to hear them? Right? How is he going to hear them? And uh, so he offers a, a response, says that perhaps they should pray to the Paramatma, who's closer to them, and so forth. But if your mind goes, yeah, that sounds good, then you don't have much adhikar for Rad Bhakti. <laughs> uh, so he, he gives a reply to his own proposal. No, 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 we can't we never think like that. Hmm? We, 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 we think exclusively of Krishna for um, uh, that he that pray to him hmm? uh, rather than to the, to the Paramatma. Uh, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, praying, displacing the Paramatma from his heart in his verse of Shikshastika, Madanam Madanam Nasundaram Kavitamba Jagadisha, getting rid of the Jagadish also. Who's the Lord that presides over the world where there is desire for wealth and distinction and significant other and so on and so forth? Mahaprabhu say, Nadanam, Nadanam. Now, Sundarim, I don't want any of these things. So, you who are the Lord that presides over the realm where those things are um, the goals, hmm? what, 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 what use I have for you? So, Mama Janmani Janmanishwari. When I speak of those things, I'm not even concerned with attaining Mukti, I'm not concerned with attaining anything in this world, neither Mukti, which you can give. Um, but, Babatad Bhaktir. I, I want only bhakti. Mama Janmani, Janmani So he again mentions Ishwar. Now this is the, the Pranishwar, the Lord of my life, Krishna. Um, so he's, he's he, uh, so you want to take the Paramatma out of the heart and put Krishna, Shamsundra, in the heart. And so Vishwanathakurita gives an example. He says that the omniscience of Krishna is still there hmm, for his sadhakas. Hmm, he can hear. Uh, just like in Dwaraka, Uddhava 
is amazed that Krishna was omniscient and he knows that, given the nature of the praying there, is asking him questions as if he doesn't know. So the point being that his omniscience is more prominent in Dwarka, but his unknowing is also there, although to a lesser degree, and it expresses itself by asking for what should I do? It's your opinion, your shastra bit, you know the scriptures. So the reverse, argues, is true in Vrindavan. The omniscience is faint and in the background, and his bewilderment, if you will, or his uh, lack of his, his, his unknowing in, in love is prominent. It's still there, that omniscience, and it can be drawn upon um, by the sadhakas and so um, they should pray to him despite their um, situation and being in the material world. So those are my thoughts. Does that help? We can't hear you. You're muted. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it helped very much. Thank you. And actually, while listening to you, I have understood that actually this not approaching Krishna is a little bit deeper and a little bit different. I understood that I'm not approaching him because I'm feeling some kind of shame for the things that I have done or am keep doing which he doesn't like. You know, that's why my mind just creates some kind, you know, I don't know, some create some some kind of you know when you fall when you fall on the ground you have to use the ground to get up. So when you take shelter of Krishna there's no one else to go to to turn to. There's no one you have to use him to get up as well. Krishna is, is very uh, generous, very, very generous. We we may be embarrassed more by his generosity than by our own shortcomings and unbecoming um, actions. We may, be, we may be embarrassed by our unbecoming, um, let's say, acts or what, whatnot, but comparatively, we'll be more embarrassed by the generosity of Krishna. So who in their right mind, Uddhava said, would not take shelter of Krishna exclusively Look at Uda, Look at what happened when Putana approached him. Hmm. I don't think you're as bad as Putana. Hmm. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> Take the elder of Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. What else? So Pranada has a question. Yes, Hare Krishna. I was having a discussion about... Uh, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra in regard to um, a philosophical point that we were discussing. And I tried to bring up um, something Jiva Goswami had said in the Sandharvas as a Shastric reference. And they said, no, that's not Shastra, that's Sadhu. And Shastra weighs heavier than uh, Sadhu. And um, in the way of the conversation, it was almost like, um, it was, 
it was almost like the person didn't say this, but it was almost like, and as Jiva Goswami has uh, made commentary on the Bhagavatam and understood certain things in certain ways, therefore other people can also, meaning contemporary people, and therefore um, it, we can't only base our discussion based on Jiva Goswami's comment. Uh-huh. So you want me to comment on that? Yeah, both. Um, is it true that Shastra always weighs heavier than Guru and Sadhu, number one? And number two, um, a part of the conversation was, you know, who, who places, for instance, Baladev Vijabhushan or uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur as primary gurus or acharyas in our line? It almost seems um, in some ways... Um, arbitrary and and it was almost like almost saying maybe also you know therefore who has chosen Jiva Goswami of course we know that he was uh, instructed um, under the shelter of Rupa and Sanat who were directly guided by Lord Chaitanya anyway these are some of the things that were brought up and it was um, something I'd like to hear from you about okay Um, well um, in one sense, the Shastra is um, um, and conforming to that is that by which one becomes saintly, if you will, and credible. Hmm? Um, so if I make a point and I can support it, this is the tradition. Um, by the scripture, then I become credible. So in that sense, the the, the scripture um, rules, so to speak. Um, without that, then people could just say whatever they want, right? So this, the scriptures serve as a standard of knowledge um, and reference to it, citing it, and so forth, then um, makes one's opinion credible. And again, if we don't have that, then it's just, you know, it's free-for-all. So in that sense, there is a, the scripture plays a more important role than the sadhu, but that's not the end of the story. Um, um, Because the sadhu, in turn, uh, brings the scripture to life, so to speak, uh, gives life to it in different times and different circumstances. The theologian explains it in ways relevant to time and circumstance and what the impl- far-reaching implications of it are and so forth. That one could not draw on one's own without um, that kind of association. Mm-hmm. In that sense, Pujapachitamarsh Describe the sadhu, the, the shastra, the scripture as a passive agent of divinity and the sadhu as an active agent of divinity. The book can't ask you after you've read it if you've understood hmm, and follow up, but the sadhu can ask if you understood and hear your answer and say, no, that's not correct. No, this is what it's saying and so forth. Um, so uh, it depends on the angle in which you, you look at it, which is more important to sadhu or the shastra. Uh, 
and for that matter, uh, the greater balance of the Shastra is coming from sadhus. There is a section of the scripture that is said to be unauthored, which is the Veda, but the Puranas are all authored. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam is the Purana. Um, you know, we attribute the authorship to to the, the, the Shaktivesh, Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas, uh, which simply means that he's a sadhu who is empowered hmm, and uh, uh, has uh, manifested the Bhagavatam, as well as other, other texts. And he had a whole you know, group of editors, is, is, is the idea, to compile uh, the supplementary literature to the Vedas, which expound upon them, uh, make them more accessible, the Puranas and so forth. Um, so, um, if you look at it like that, the, well, the Bhagavatam is the main scripture of the Godias. It has a sadhu as its author. We can say it's Bhagawan in, in, in Avesh uh, respect, but basically, to one extent or another, all sadhus are empowered. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 as the Gita says, uh, they're under the, di- under the Sarup Shakti. They're moving. They're not moving under the influence of, the, of Maya Shakti. So there may be more specific empowerments and so on and so forth. Gyan Shakti for Vyas and so on. Palana Shakti for uh, Prithu and, and so on. But the Bhagavatam, nonetheless, comes to us through a sadhu, empowered, albeit, but so um, the role of the sadhu, it's hard, it's hard to uh, 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 minimize, if you will. If you look at the, um, the, the guru and the shastra, then you have a kind of an example of the, of the father and the mother, Veda Mata. Mother of the Veda and the Guru is the father, and the father and mother don't disagree. They never divorce, is the idea. So I don't really, there are ways, as I'm saying, that you could say the Shastra is more important. There are ways that you can say that the Sadhu is more important. Um, um, now, that said, we are in a particular uh, lineage, and the lineage is defined. Um, by a, an interpretation of Shastra. So let's take Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is a text that uh, is um, uh, authoritative from the Vedic point of view um, for all schools. Some schools may put less emphasis on it or more, but it's one of the sacred texts. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made it central. Hmm? He considered it, uh, as, is, as, is, as is stated in other Puranas, to be the commentary, the natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. And Ajiva Goswami has given a whole beautiful uh, uh, argument for the central role of Srimad Bhagavatam as a scripture in, in our, 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 our Sampradaya. Really, speaking for everyone, he said, this is the hub of the scripture around which the others orbit and in relation to will be understood in context. Mm-hmm. So the, 
is the central role of Srimad Bhagavatam is this has been uh, emphasized by by Jiva Goswami. It's hard to dismiss Jiva Goswami and then emphasize the Bhagavatam over something that he may have said, um, which in in no way could be a different from what the Bhagavatam is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, his Satsandarbha, for example, um, is uh, uh, well. Sandarbha means it like a like a we say like a garland, it's like a, it's like a garland of verses from Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, so um, he, um, he's uh, emphasized the central role of the Bhagavatam. Um, right. A similar argument was made to me once by a godbrother of mine, uh, and uh, and he said that, well, uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says the role, you know, the role of the Bhagavatam is this, so the Bhagavatam is more important. Hmm? And I said, you mean Krishna Das Kaviraj said? You understand my point? He's saying, Mahaprabhu said, Bhagavatam is the, you know, such as such as such. He was saying, Bhagavatam trumps any other commentaries anybody has, has made. And he was saying the same thing that you're saying. And we can make our own commentary on, on Bhagavatam. Hmm? Bhagavatam is more important. The point he was making is that Mahaprabhu gave the central role to the Bhagavatam quoting Chaitanya Charitamrita, but Chaitanya Charitamrita is written by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami is saying, Mahaprabhu said, hmm, this is the position of Bhagavatam. Hmm. So the very position that he's taking, that Bhagavatam is more important than, than the sadhu, is what the sadhu has said, and he's citing the sadhu to, to make, make the point, so it's rather kind of circular, uh, and it's hard to get away from the importance of the sadhu, especially when as I say, we have a particular lineage that has a particular interpretation of the sacred texts. Hmm? The places Krishna as Swayam Bhagavan and, and, and under the influence of Radha's uh, love and so forth. And so uh, when, um, therefore, the Goswamis, Rup, Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, these are the, are the founding Acharyas of the Sampradaya. They actually formed the Sampradaya under the direction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the principal way in which they did that was to expound upon the sacred texts, theologize and interpret them in a particular way. Hmm? Um, And therefore, their texts in which they're doing that, those are Shastra for us. Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is Shastra for us. Um, yes, Bhagavatam is Shastra for us and other people. Hmm? And Chaitanya Charitamrita may not be for another Sampradaya Shastra, but for us it is. These are the Bhakti Shastras. Nana Shastra Vichara Naikanipunosa Dharma Samstapako. They took the Goswamis, as Srinivas Charya sings, uh, from all the texts and formed, you know, arguably what could be called Bhakti Shastras for our Sampradaya. Hmm? So these texts 
Ujbal Nilmani, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and so forth, the seminal commentary of Sanatana Goswami on Bhagavatam, his Brihat Bhagavatamrita, these have, a, uh, have, have taken on a canonical kind of status. They're, they're, they're scriptural canons for us, for Gaudias. In other words, they are the orthodox way in which we interpret the Bhagavatam. There may be other interpretations. Mayavadis also comment on the Bhagavatam. They have their perspective and so forth. Hmm? But we follow Jiva Goswami's perspective, where he explains, for example, that, um, that what the Bhagavatam is about was revealed to Vyasa in his trance, and he goes to those verses and shows it very, very uh, insightfully, for example, in, in, the, um, um, in his Tattva Sandarva. So you, we, we are tied... Uh, if we to to an understanding of the Bhagavatam that comes from the founding acharyas that have established the metaphysic, for example, of a Chintyabeda Beda, hmm, as Jiva Goswami has and Sanatana Goswami, hmm, um, what bhakti is, and so forth, from uh, the Abhideya, the way from Rupa Goswami, these are the, the their interpretation of these texts. We we can't go around those, hmm, and and have an explanation of the Bhagavatam that contradicts those and expect that our explanation of the Bhagavatam will be considered a Gaudiya Siddhanta. Hmm? So the importance of the founding acharyas is something that, for example, Prophet himself taught us that his credibility derived from, as it does, as I said earlier, from citing the scripture. So uh, he's the poor of acharyas, the previous acharyas, especially now I'm speaking about the founding, uh, you know, commentators, uh, our explanations of scripture in an ongoing way can't uh, depart um, significantly. There, there may be ways which we can, we can add and further illuminate and so on and so forth. Um, um, that's another thing, but we can't contradict their uh, uh, defining, you know, statements and explanations and commentaries as to what what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is. What so uh, to uh, to at least the way you've explained it, I wasn't there for the conversation. It it, it seems rather uh, rather uh, odd, to say the least. Uh, you haven't given any particulars, but um, so. I'm kind of groping a little bit to, for that, but um, but to dismiss Jiva Goswami's explanation um, uh, uh, by way of saying that well, sadhus are not as important as the Bhagavatam, and then to give further emphasis seems to be what you're saying on a, a present commentary on the on the on the Bhagavatam. Instead, it, it seems rather you're going you're going in circles here. Um, but Prabhupada very much, um, and all uh, current uh, commentators would um, uh, uh, worth anything would, would would certainly make the claims that that, that, that their teaching does not contradict. Some particular with the Tattva Acharya die. Now, now if you go forward in time. You know, you have you mentioned Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, who has who has kind of a universal uh, acceptance, hmm? 
or Baladevi Bhusan. So what, you know, is that arbitrary is your question, right? Why their commentaries? Now, we've, we've, we've got a good argument for why Jiva Goswami, Rupsanath, and these are the founders, why their commentaries are significant and we have to draw on them uh, for to be to be credible. Um, what about later ones who you know attain this kind of a uh, status? It would seem. Well, is it arbitrary? Um, uh, well, the fact of the matter is that Jiva Goswami, the has attained by the strength of his own contribution a universal acceptance within the Sampradaya. You know, he wasn't trying to, so to speak, but his comments were so profound that some people thought he was a reincarnation of Rupa Goswami. They looked at him like that. So he made a very significant uh, contribution. And um, and it, it has a near like universal acceptance. Why does it? Because of the nature of the contribution. Now you go following him to Baladev Bidjabhushan. Well, he had a very significant contribution as well that's universal. That is, he wrote the accepted universally by all Gaudiya's commentary on Vedanta Sutra. Hmm? And then he has commentary on other texts and he has his own texts and so forth. So he has a certain prominence that expands throughout the Sampradaya. Now let's take my Guru Maharaj Prabhupada. He wrote a commentary on Bhagavatam. He's a contemporary, more contemporary um, than, than them or in our times than Baladevija Bhusan. But with all of its excellence and, and, uh, and the important nature of the contribution that included putting it into the English language hmm, from which it was translated into many other languages, which speaks about wide circulation of the Bhagavatam um, and you know, bringing it you know, far, far and wide, um, which was more his, the nature of his campaign. If we look historically and objectively at his campaign, it was more one of broad um, dissemination than it was one of drilling down, you know, theologically um, into greater greater detail. Hmm? Uh, that's not a fault. Uh, this is the, this was what Nityananda Prabhu was like hmm? compared to, you know, Rupa Goswami, who's more important. Well, actually, Nityananda Prabhu was more important than Rupa Goswami, but his 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 contribution was like broad dissemination without going into theological. The details and so forth. Um, you know, we don't have any book from Nityananda Prabhu. So, uh, so I'm not minimizing Prabhupada by by stating the, the fact as to the nature of his contribution. So, as such, to just to give an example, his contribution from a theological point of view has not. Um, a, reached universal acceptance in the way that these earlier commentators have. There are many, many schools of uh, divisions or sects within, within the Gaudiya Sampradaya, many, many of them. And there are many commentators over the ages. 
who have not achieved such a such a, a status, the, theologically speaking, as well, doesn't mean their commentaries aren't good. They are. Hmm? They're important. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we'd like to see as many as we could. You know, that, that, whoever likes the Bhagavatam wants to comment on it, especially from a Gaudiya point of view. Right? So we might gain, a, you know, our day will be well spent if we get one little nugget from spending the whole day, you know, looking through the commentary. Um, so, and you can certainly find those nuggets and more in, in Prophet's commentary. But that's just, the fact is that his commentary has not attained that kind of status within the entire community of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? Maybe it will someday, I don't know. But I don't think it will because of the nature of um, the, the commentary and the thrust of Prabhupada's contribution, which was to widely circulate um, what he referred to as Krishna consciousness. Uh, and so, as a, as a, as a earlier, or as a later Acharya, Prabhupada's comments even, um, we would want to see that they conform with Jiva Goswami or, or, the, or the founding Acharyas. And if there's some instance where his commentaries or Bhaktivinoda's or even or Bhaktisiddhanta or, um, uh, you know, these are th three prominent Acharyas in the modern day that we're commenting. Um, if we find something in there that doesn't conform with that, then it, you know it's 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 a cause to look at that seriously and and think well, you know why is it being said like this and and um, and um, if it can be harmonized um, and there's always ways to come up with it. Um, uh, one of them being that it was spoken in terms of time and circumstance for a certain purpose to a certain audience um, to keep the ball rolling, so to speak, uh, which. Are examples of which extend back even to Jiva Goswami, who took on uh, from the Sampradaya's perspective a preaching strategy that involved uh, um, uh, placing emphasis on Swakiya Bhav. This is a technical subject, but uh, in, in Goloka, um, which uh, wasn't his actual position. So so those are some thoughts on that. Does that does that help? Yeah, I um, I think the part of the takeaway on that conversation was you can't just say shastra is the most important because um, it's you know we we really need only to look to shruti and not smriti, and therefore Jeev Goswami's commentary isn't so important. I mean, technically you could say that, but we're Gaudias and these are bhakti shastras, so this is this is our <laughs> You can't say Jiva Goswami's commentary is not important. It's just, you know, his commentary, his explanations, is again, these are, are just, just, just de de determining what is the Gaudiya understanding of Srimad Bhagavatam. You cannot dismiss that and say, I'm just going to go to Srimad Bhagavatam because that's just another commentary. That's the Gaudiya commentary. That's what the Gaudiya perspective on the Bhagavatam is, how those verses are understood that constitutes Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? So everybody has to follow the Gaudi Vaishnav has to follow those seminal commentaries. Hmm? There's no escaping that. <laughs> and why would you want to? <laughs> yeah. nice. Okay. Well, thank you for the question. We took up uh, most of our time. Um, 
Do you want to take it? Do you want to? I mean, we have some other questions. Um, do you want to take some or do you want to end it here? What do you feel comfortable doing? Well, it had to be short answers. What do you got? Um, Gordon Ryan, do you want to ask your question? Yeah, I can. At the risk of the short I, I had a question. Uh, Tatva Sandarva, I was reading your Tatva Sandarva, and um, you mentioned at one point perfect knowledge must be at least as conscious as we are. And I didn't understand the reasoning behind that. I was wondering if you could explain more of that. Yeah, I think I was saying there that um, that um, we are persons, we're conscious, we're not inanimate or inert, I should say. Um, we're cognizant um, and, and, and so on. And so God, in the form of perfect knowledge, is not, he can't be less, he can't be inert, can't, has to be alive, conscious, um, as well. And so the knowledge, therefore, um, that is perfect knowledge, cannot be like the knowledge in relation to things of the world that are here today and gone tomorrow. Um, but if you, but if you take the word knowledge there, I think it's referring in a broad way to the absolute. So the absolute must, we're a person and all the advantages of that, um, and, and we're cognizant in all the advantages of that in comparison to inert matter and so forth. Um, the entirety of reality, which is bigger than ourselves, must at least have those faculties as well. You understand? Uh, yeah, on that one. It, it seemed more, in, in your book, it seemed like more you're explaining, I guess, the gradation from going from, I guess, ex explaining the steps up from material to consciousness and then, um, establishing why there is consciousness in higher levels perfect knowledge was explained as I think if I remember right just if it's to exist then there must be consciousness and higher consciousness uh, I don't know if I'm starting out very well yeah I don't know if you are <laughs> but uh... Yeah, again, I mean, if, if we're conscious, our God must be conscious too. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, if consciousness is, is what the world of our present experience revolves around, if there's more than this, than what the world revolves around, it must be consciousness based as well, mm -hmm. which, which of course it is. 
What else? So, um, Bhakti Shakti. Let me see if I can try and unmute her. She's having trouble. She, is she still in here? Let me see. No, I don't think she is. Maybe something happened. All right, well, we'll stop her there this week. and appreciate your, your questions and time and uh, hope to be together with you next week. Yeah, thank you. All right, well.